happen. All right. So today is the Sunday, December 5th. Uh, I am Dawson Black and I am with Spare Change Podcast. Today I have on uh, Brandon from Freelance Corporal on Instagram. Uh, go ahead and if you would like, you can tell everybody about yourself. Thanks, Dawson. Uh, glad to be here. I'm Brandon. Uh, I was a, a Marine from 2010 to 2015. Uh, I got out as a Lance Corporal. <laughs> I was a Huey door gunner, uh, a crew chief with HMLA 369. I uh, went to Afghanistan once in 2013 to 14. And um, yeah, I, uh, I love being a Marine, but I was like all, most of us pretty frustrated with a lot of the uh, some of the obvious problems that we saw on a daily basis. And when I got out, uh, you know, I used the GI Bill to go to college. Um, and, you know, I, I, I lost more friends to suicide uh, and like self-harm after the military than we lost on that deployment. And it's always rubbed me the wrong way. Like what a tight uh, knit unit and how much camaraderie we, we experience while we're in. Uh, it seems largely misdirected when we get out. Um, so that's what I kind of put my education towards uh, with the GI Bill. I, uh, I studied psychology and really dived into veterans issues um, from a junior college in Los Angeles, Cerritos College. Uh, and then I transferred to Cal State LA I, can, I studied psychology uh, for my bachelor's degree, and then I got accepted to USC for a master's in applied psychology, uh, where I studied organizational development and worked at the Veterans Center on campus, uh, again, still on all these issues, and uh, I worked in homeless shelters, and uh, you know, I worked with vets that had uh, fell into legal trouble in Los Angeles, and just kind of try to expose myself to every avenue of veteran culture that uh, I could get exposure to. And what I learned through this was that debt and, uh, you know, money problems were super common to all these issues of, you know, joblessness, homelessness, suicide, depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress, um, the money problem tended to overlap with a lot of them. And it seems like such an addressable issue, uh, uh, you know, for a culture that teaches us how to tie our shoes and brush our teeth, you know, in the first week of boot camp, why couldn't we instill some of these uh, principles and skills really to a group of people that are all going to need it uh, and tend to face harder problems down the road than their civilian peers um, who also have uh, trouble with financial literacy? Um, you know, it's, it's not just a military problem, it's an American culture problem. And that's uh, what I hope Freelance Corporal is here to address is, um, you know, just basic financial skills uh, that will lead to habits that yield positive futures for veterans instead of the negative stories we tend to hear. Um, and eventually, I think that this is going to serve as a good opportunity to connect the veteran community, which is 1% of the American population to the other 99% that is so appreciative, but so uh, misunderstood in what that appreciation entails. Um, so that's, uh, you know, boiled down. I could jabber about it for hours, but uh, Absolutely. that's kind of the meat and potatoes. <laughs> um, and I, I think that's the real connection between um, what I'm trying to do and where you've gotten already. Um, you've got a lot of educational background and deeper um, interpersonal connections to it. Um, so a lot, a lot of where I came into wanting to provide personal financial development advice, um, studies on global economics and how it impacts the everyday life of most of us. Um, and, and especially recently, like the last three years have just been financially detrimental to a lot of the American people, um, people just struggling to keep their head over water overall with their own personal finances and larger scale economics is just not where it needs to be to provide those people with a better way forward. 
So I, I think um, just discussing it briefly there and what you had discussed, a lot of that connected deeply with me. Um, so background about myself, active duty, but currently transitioning out of the military. And what I've seen is a lot of what the military gives you financially can almost hinder you in the future. Um, and, and I say that in the best way possible, because while the military is great in taking care of you and making sure that you don't have financial burdens, like um, at least from the junior perspective, you're not paying rent, you're not paying for um, like sustenance unless you're eating out and doing uh, your own kind of thing, just getting out of what they provide. Sure. Um, but a lot of it's provided for you. It's, it's kind of almost a shelter, but it allows you to kind of protect yourself from overspending a lot. So you're not paying rent initially, you're not paying for your food, electricity, water, really anything that becomes a problem later on. Um, And it's almost kind of a joke at first where you get these junior guys who they go out and buy a car and now they're leveraged over their necks in debt because they didn't really get pre-approved for a loan or um, they didn't think through and they just kind of sign things, but just enough rope to hang yourself with. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think that's a, a great analysis of the situation at hand, especially as it pertains to housing and meals and this kind of chest beating, independent, confident culture that's kind of creating a bit of a false narrative. Uh, you know, I didn't know how to go grocery shopping or, you know, file my taxes or insure my clothes bar when I didn't have a sergeant breathing down my neck to do it. Uh, you know, a lot of the things that you're really micromanaged upon in this time of, uh, you know, in service gives us a real sense of, you know, being some more of an adult than our civilian peers that chose to go off to college instead, for example. Um, but realistically, that person has been, you know, paying a rent or, you know, managing uh, their living situation and feeding themselves and handling a lot of, you know, all the stuff that we'll eventually do. Um, now that's a, uh, it's like a zoo animal that wouldn't survive in the wild, right? We're, we're wild, but kind of surprisingly domesticated uh, in simple life tasks. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. And I mean, uh, like you said, it, it's the military is a, you know, everybody gets paid the same. Everybody has the same access to resources, but there's a huge split in what some people are able to do with these resources versus what almost seems as the default of falling into the debt trap in a Camaro and EASing with debt instead of savings. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's a hamster wheel that 80% of Americans are on. 80% of Americans are in debt. And 75% of them don't have 500 bucks for an emergency. Uh, like how, how is this sustainable uh, on a number of fronts? Um, you know, we're never going to, it seems infeasible to overcome, uh, you know, national debts or global debts or state debts or city debts if 80% of individuals don't have an understanding of how to manage their own debts. So it's like a definite macro microeconomic problem that uh, it's coming to light. Um, It's so awesome. Dude, when I was in, nobody active duty enlisted was discussing this. Uh, You know, we, I don't remember what we were talking about. It probably wasn't largely academically productive, but we didn't have a huge problem of our time. Like we're now experiencing Everybody knows what inflation is this year uh, and not for the right reasons, not because they're learning about it preemptively, but because we're reacting to it after something bad has happened and there's real life harmful consequences. (laughs) Yeah. And, and a lot of what day to day um, we've been dealing with is a result of years and years of policy mismanagement. Um, a lot of logistical issues and things like that have led us to where we are today. Um, and I guess along some of the same lines, I know you'd mentioned financial burden being one of, if not 
the most prevalent causes or um, leading factors to suicide and depression. Um, a lot of mental challenges brought on by financial stress and financial burden. That's a large portion of why I'm interested in trying to help cover the topic and get people smart on where they need to be to prepare themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for me, it wasn't, it wasn't really an issue, but um, growing up in kind of a bunch of 18 year olds, all, all living in the same area and di- different backgrounds leading them to spend their money differently than each other. Um, and, and we were all in a place where we didn't really know what we needed to do to prepare until we, we had an officer kind of step in and he was, he was prompted again by suicide because he had, he had a junior person under him over the 4th of July weekend, they were burdened beyond help and they didn't know where to go. Um, a lot of family was needing them to kind of send money home. So they weren't, they weren't really making anything. They were just losing money constantly and they ended up killing themselves over 4th of July weekend. So what he had done was he had begun giving classes every Friday to, I want to say 20 to 25 of us that were actually interested in taking part, um, which is about half of our group anyway. Um, So we, we would have guys anywhere from age like 18 to 35 coming in there. And that's kind of my target audience is um, a lot of people, they, they get to a point where they can make it and they're, consistently having to make it rather than being prepared and knowing where they can improve. It's a lot of um, just scraping by and making sure they can get to that next paycheck. Um, you touched but yet on- he had, he had taught us about like investing in our retirement and investing in um, emergency funds, kind of the same thing that you were talking about. That's the biggest, um, I can't say with, uh, it's not the biggest. It's a huge factor in your financial success is being fortunate to, to cross paths with a mentor. Um, you know, there's as a boot, as a PFC and a Lance Corporal checking into the fleet, you're filled with questions, like things you want to know so that you can do your job well. Um, but, you know, if, if you don't have a good mentor that you're able to, and feel comfortable to approach with like, Hey man, what do I, what do I do here? Um, you know, it's, it's lonely and it's scary and it's hard. There's like 15 hour work days and you're just always getting yelled at, always being told what not to do, but never really being told what to do. Um, and as far like it breaks my heart, I've heard that story so many times and there's so many veterans, so many people in military culture, that are sending money home to their families because, you know, I don't know about you, but I was recruited out of my high school cafeteria. Uh, You know, the college recruiters wouldn't talk to me. I I didn't get good enough grades to go to college, but all of the military recruiters wanted me. I was in the bottom 20th percentile. They like, of course, there's going to be some harder strings attached to the literal bottom of the barrel is what I was like. I could, I, I like to think I had other options uh, and that I joined for patriotic reasons. But if I assess it and look back, like, damn, it was kind of the best option for me, but was it a great deal? Like this contract I signed, did it work both ways? Um, In a lot of cases. And for some people it does, there are benefits and resources available to veterans that are not available to non-veterans. But again, it's, it's resource mismanagement. There's so much help available and so much appreciation and so much positive veteran cultural aspects that are not being properly applied. Uh, given our current understanding of science and uh, that's why, I, like I said, I was in the bottom 30th percentile of my high school graduating, graduating class an absolute crayon eating jar headed knuckle dragger that like we make fun of. Uh, but I got so fucking tired of being yelled at and just always having an idea that I thought would improve things, but not being able to recommend it or make any actual change to what I was experiencing. Um, you know, that really 
that ruffled my feathers. And I know that it ruffles the feathers of other Lance corporals that have great ideas and are smart minds that are, you know, but no way to share, uh, you know, those ideas for improvement you know, in the outside quote civilian world or like, uh, you know, any industry you go into where people work, you know, particularly in the private sector, that's what CEOs want. They want problem solvers, thinkers that can, that can bring a unique perspective to an old idea and give us a solution that works better for everybody. That is not the goal of the military. Um, the military has different goals that kind of require um, a hard culture uh, that we cope with, with dark comedy and alcohol and a lot of unhealthy coping mechanisms that I'm so, you know, uh, I still dabble myself. <laughs> like, uh, you know, it's, um, but, you know, the conversation now is, uh, you know, there's in the age of the draft, everybody had a brother, a dad, an uncle, a cousin. They knew somebody in the military. It was a huge national effort to send our troops over and everybody was connected to it. My grandma was a riveter. She built airplanes, you know, uh, the people had to give up their tires for the war effort. Everybody's connected to the wars being fought. But since Vietnam and the draft's gone away, you know, our fighting force is voluntary. Everybody you, you work with and that I worked with signed up knowing good and well what we were getting into and, but not realizing that the Americans we were signing up to protect do not really have a connection or understanding to uh, the efforts that we're exerting. And honestly, looking back, neither did I. Like I've seen two of the Star Wars movies and know way more about the Star Wars than the actual war that I participated in. You know, uh, like that keeps me up at night. What was going on? Uh, and especially now, it's like we saw it happen in Vietnam. It happened to the Iraq vets. And it happened to the like how many how many cycles of botched wars fought by volunteers can our country endure and still get teenagers to go sign up for more and and if so what is the consequence on the back half of that because right now service members are a greater threat to themselves than the enemy is we kill ourselves faster than the bad guys do that's not a good organization. That shit would never fly in the private sector. Um, so like, I'm deeply, I, as a, a terminal Lance Corporal of Marines, a devil dog, you know, I'm, I've, I love, I love Marines. That's like anybody. I hate the man. I hate the command. I hate the bullshit. I love the Marines. And it's that drive that makes it feel so pressingly urgent to get the, in, this information uh, to them before it's too late. Like we can get upstream and catch a, an 18 year old fresh out of boot camp, super motivated and still like folding all their clothes and say, look, man, if you, uh, not just man, like women, men and women, everybody, uh, if you can learn how to make simple habits now, it will pay dividends throughout your life. And not only will you be able to take care of yourself, you're going to be in a better position to take care of others, which is why so many of us joined. Um, you can't help from a position of debt. You have to have excess to be able to give away. But if you have no clear path to creating excess, you're, you're, you're struggling to keep your head above water. And that's not thriving. That's just surviving. And like, I know that's what we're trained to do. And I think that's part of the problem is like, you know, we pride ourselves in being tough, scrappy, sleep in the mud types. That's great. And it's awesome. And that mental fortitude or whatever we want to call it should give us the tools to do so much better in these other realms that we're just not prioritizing, but would really have positive impacts in a lot of areas we struggle in. That's my take. Uh, absolutely. And I, <laughs> I, I think one of, um, the larger ideas there is from very young age, we're taught, you know, like you have to follow this path and this is, this is how you make yourself financially set in the future. 
but a lot of that isn't really fleshed out. So especially, so I want to say it's both military and um, civilian side. Like you, you get, you get taken care of to a certain extent, but then once, once you're ready to be like out in the world and independent, um, the, the advice that you've been seeking for a lot of that time, it becomes almost an afterthought. So when you've been kind of just pushing forward and trying to do your very best, some things that could have helped you tremendously have just been left on the back burner until like, especially guy transitioning out of the military. We, we get told about TSP very briefly, uh, which is a 401k or a retirement system. Um, but then a lot of people don't even really access that account. They don't uh, move things around and set themselves up, up for success. And then you get to some later points in your um, experience and you get information like, hey, where, where are you at with this? And you kind of look back and you're like, well, I got talked Nobody's to briefly about it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it gets left behind. And then you get to like TRS or you're transitioning out in the military. And then they're like, Hey, this is how you access this account. This is how you do this. Sure. And you're about to get out and you can no longer contribute when you exit the military. And, and now you're set up for nothing. And, and you're getting and out with debt back. with nothing in the bank. Can you imagine if gunnies had the same ambition to get that training done as they did the the click through cyber awareness or the pft of the rifle range everybody knows get your name on the list don't miss the bus you don't want to be the guy that misses the annual training and it's great we're awesome at fighting wars we're riflemen we pft good we you know we press ammo cans that's all we do though <laughs> and then what you know your, your contract's up and then you get out with a skill set that is not directly applicable to a lot of job opportunities. Um, that's been the traditional issue. I, my take is you're so much more prepared. Uh, we're diamonds in the rough that are being mis, you know, misprocessed. Um, you know, if you could equip these folks, these volunteer service members. It's, you know, all the, the noble positive traits of a veteran that we're familiar with. If you could just add this one little piece to that, you would have the most super powered employee ever. But we go through three months of boot camp to flip all these switches and physically, mentally, emotionally, sometimes spiritually change ourselves. And then when you get on the backside, four days where they teach you how to tie a tie and they say good luck and slap your ass. Like they don't switch, they don't flip the switches back. And there's a very obvious, uh, I don't want to say problem, but condition, you know, when, when you're out in town, you can identify who the Marines are like, because that's what boot camp does to us. It makes us all the same. Like it homogenizes a group to be awesome at one thing and overlooks all the other problems that could come with that lifestyle. And like I said, it's near and dear to my heart because I'm a Marine and I care about Marines, but it's also selfish because now I'm a civilian American and I'm not confident in how long this system is going to work for us. It's important we get this fixed so that I can sleep soundly under my DD-214 blanket like you'll be getting to do in a few months. Uh, you know, it's, and you want to know that you left the Marine Corps better than we found it. And you see all the problems, you try and bring them up. Your bosses tell you to go fuck yourself, and that we don't want your opinion. I'm sorry if this is supposed to be a profanity free. Uh, <laughs> I, I kind of went in with the expectation that, you know, a few F bombs here and there. We have, um, to, we have to speak it, the language of the user. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that's the, the younger people that we're, we're trying to reach out to. It's, it's vastly understood that the the way in which you speak doesn't define how you are overall um and, and i think another thing is appearances can be deceiving um and what i would what i would hope is that no matter what gets said here that someone can pull a few golden nuggets out and try and uh help themselves out um more or less being a tool 
uh, for other people. The uh, what a delicate time in 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 human history to try to speak out on any topic uh, in an effort to be helpful without pissing off the other half. Um, it sucks. It's hard. Uh, I'm from, I enlisted in Georgia. I live in California now. I have two very different mentality friends. Uh, you can find assholes on both sides. You can find awesome, awesome, good hearted people on both sides. And those are the people we're talking to. There's one person that's going to hear this, that's going to take something away and it's going to help them. And in turn, it's going to help their Marines. And that's all we can do for our beloved core, uh, the best that we can. So I think it's self-implied that there's, um, I hope, you know what, it's not. I hope that it's self-implied that we're both good dudes doing the best that we can here, but that's the uphill challenge that we face in trying to provide the military with better financial tools because there's been so much deception and manipulation and advantage taken of us because we have consistent disposable income. Zero, you know, uh, military pre-approved. Come on in. Like it's, it's not fair. We don't understand the deals we get ourselves into, which I'm sure we can make just general enlistment jokes about. But uh, you said it first off the bat. Like it's, it's just enough money to get yourself in trouble with. Um, and it's like you wouldn't give a marine a rifle without making them learn the weapon safety rules. Like, why would you give them a paycheck and expect it to go okay? <laughs> like, yeah. like that's, I don't know. I hope that sounds right, but I think you get what I mean. Yeah, and and even even on the other side of things, um, college educated kids with an entry level job, they're they're given knowledge, but not really all the knowledge they'll ever need. So, financial yeah. education worldwide is a huge problem because people will find places to look and then get led in directions they shouldn't be going. Um, so e even, even beyond the scope of the military, um, people, people from ages 18 all the way to 35, I think is really a huge demographic of folks um, that provide a lot of work and a lot of good effort. But then when they come back home and all they've got to eat in their fridge is like the basic ingredients for ham sandwiches and the pantry's yeah. ramen. Like, yeah, it, it's a huge problem. Um, not only in America or not only in the military, but just worldwide, I think worldwide. a lot of people would benefit from giving themselves a tool True. and, um, or at least being led in the right direction to where they can make um, themselves more financially. I'm always careful uh, in this topic to acknowledge that it's not just financial literacy. And like, there's a lot of single moms that are so much more financially literate out of their situation than any college graduate would ever have been forced to be. So it's not fair to just say that people need to be smarter with their money because there are a lot of systemic problems in place that prevent that equality from occurring anyways. And that's a separate podcast and conversation of its own. But on the financial literacy piece, it's important to have an accessible tool that people understand how to use. Uh, the, when I worked in mental health, it was the absolute worst thing for me to see somebody that's seeking mental health assistance and is, re, and is hitting some sort of block in reaching it. Um, and I don't, maybe, I don't know if you've considered this before. I just kind of learned it recently. The hallmark condition or uh, symptom of post-traumatic stress is avoidance. So how do you take somebody that's been through a trauma and now avoids uh, anything to do with that trauma? How do you get them to seek help? It's counterintuitive. So when you're lucky enough to have somebody in that boat seek help it's important that there's good you know functioning help available that works for them and that is the same thing we're talking about here like financial education is available but not sexy people don't seek it out you don't like 
we're so disconnected from uh, the future versions of ourself. That's future me's problems. I'll be fine. I'll figure it out later. I'm going to make money in my forties. Awesome. That's everybody's plan. Uh, how do you connect? Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't have to be 80 year old versions of ourselves. We're helping out. Maybe it's like the beer I want to buy on Friday. Like, um, one of the big, if you ask anybody how much they make in a year or how much they make in a month or what their rent is, they know these numbers, but how much do they spend on gasoline in a day? That number isn't something we in, inherently think about. And that's a skill that has to be taught. How, um, if I'm going in the field for four days, you know, maybe I've got in mind, I need, you know, five pairs of silkies, six shirts, three cans of dip, whatever it is that is, you know, my daily allotment for a day in the field, uh, you know, and an MRE per day, for example, we get in tune to it, especially uh, I was an air winger. We went on debts where we would get per diem, right? So we get $30 a day. Awesome. So like now my mind is naturally tuned in. Like I get to blow 30 extra dollars a day on beer money. I'm getting free beer money. Like I remember that's how my brain functioned. Uh, now though, like what is my daily, you know, for the other 99% of the year that I'm just living off of my regular paycheck, not getting a $30 per diem. What's my daily budget. I have no fucking clue. That's probably an issue. So if you're trying to play this, like we live our lives hour to hour, day by day, minute to minute. Uh, now, I'm not trying to get anybody to think about their money minute to minute. That sounds terrible. But I do have to say that if you're thinking about your money month to month and you're finding yourself short, maybe we could consider it more frequently and in smaller increments that are easier to wrap our jar headed brains around. <laughs> uh, does that all make sense? <laughs> I, I think it makes sense. Um, not, not only becoming more strict in the way that you think about your expenditures, but also um, just generically, if, you, if you're not making it at all, it's a better idea to start budgeting out and providing yourself that, that cushion. Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't have to be big things. It could be, well, I buy a pack of cigarettes and coffee every morning. Maybe I can cut back how much I do those things. It'll make me feel healthier overall. I'll have more energy throughout the day and my wallet will come back home a little more breathable. Sure. And there's, you know, that's common advice. Cut out the cup of coffee, cut out the cigarettes. I mean, the cigarettes, especially so many Marines smoke them. I smoke them. Uh, it's a fucking expensive, shitty, dirty habit. Um, we all know that, but Marines are going to smoke cigarettes. I'm going to get stressed out and have a cigarette sometime in the next year. I'm sure it happens. So that's the psychology focus that I'm excited to get to bring to this table. Now we're not going to reinvent the wheel. You're not going to get Marines to stop going to strip clubs and drinking too much beer and buying cigarettes on a daily basis. That's who they are. Now, how do we work with that and still provide them a positive future? Um, I think that we could incentivize, you know, using a, a financial literacy product like this by saying, look, do you like beer? Do you want to be able to afford more beer? Like, oh, like yeah. what there's a, yeah, like, just hang the carrot on the stick. There's so many aspects of our culture that you force people to learn about things. And like, there, there's, everything's forced voluntold, like, like, there's no other environment where you get to just force people to do shit the way that you do in the military. And now does that make us effective at fighting wars? It has. Yeah. But I don't think that forced education is good, right? There's somewhere between what's available and what is mandated that people are interested in. And that's where we're trying to grow freelance corporal. I I could work with officers and distribute this thing as a mandated thing, uh, you know, down the ranks. And that's traditionally what gets done because it's the easiest way to reach the troops. But wouldn't it be cool if we came up with something ourselves and we're able to pass it from the bottom up and it was, 
not just some program that a kernel was forcing you to do, but something you were actually interested in because you understood its benefit to you. For me, this was an EAS countdown. That's the app I had when I was in. Maybe you've got one. Uh, it tells you how many days you've been in, how many days till you get out, what percentage is complete. Uh, it was so much information about yourself and it's counting down to something you really care about. I checked on it, not daily, but weekly. It was fun. So I'm like, why don't we just attach a simple budget to that? We know how much people get paid and how many days they have until they get out. You can give them a pretty clear projection of how much money they could have versus how much money they could blow passively without ever realizing how much you spent. Because you make about a hundred grand in an enlistment where you've got a place to stay and, and food to eat. I don't know anybody getting out with a hundred thousand dollars. What the fuck do we spend that on? <laughs> like, right. <laughs> uh, I mean, and then things like that, it, it can, it can be expanded. Um, I, I think you take your average 18 year old and you tell them, Hey, how much money would you like to have set aside for your future by the time you're 25, uh, mm -hmm. by the time you're 30, you know, set those expectations where they might not, they might not hit their initial goal. They might say, Oh, I want to have, I want to have a million dollars by the time I'm 30 years old, the closer that they can attack that or the, the further away they start really is the most opportunity. And then over time that, that kind of bell curve will come where they start to make more money and they have more to take away and save. And then all of a sudden, well, now I've got a, I've got a wife, I've got dog, kid, X, Y, Z. And you've got a little less to take away from that pile that you've been earning. But if you, if you set that goal ahead of time, you can, and this is part of your lane too, is gamification of it. How much can I take and set aside for my future self? How much can I really provide myself and my family? Um, or, or, you know, what do I want to buy in the future? What's my big ticket item? Like, do I want to buy a house with 12 acres or do I want to do this X, Y, Z? And I think a lot of it doesn't really get thought of in that way. I think it's thought of as, again, everything financial that's brought to the crowd that um, leaves high school or leaves uh, the military or college or whatever path they take, they leave and they don't really have that financial um, goal or ambition. Yeah. Um, a lot of it gets put to the wayside and then it's an afterthought and they're 40 grinding their life away until they can eventually retire at like 85. Yeah. Um, when, if they, if they had started challenging themselves, or if someone had brought that challenge to them, like, I bet you couldn't save 500,000 in the next 20 years. Like, yeah. and then they, they do everything they can to get there. It's, it's one of those Marine, Marines do choose a challenge. Like we, I could have gotten an enlistment bonus to go in the army, Navy or air force, but I chose the Marines because the recruiter told me I didn't do enough pull-ups. <laughs> There's something wrong with my brain. I didn't choose, you know, like, legitimately way more money for the exact same, not exact same, way easier job. I didn't pick that. I picked the challenge. So that's psychology. There's something there we can use to help Marines specifically. Um, maybe that's not the same product that's broadly um, distributed to the masses, but understanding our target audience, uh, like you said, the 18 to 25 year olds, like this perfect window of opportunity where you have an opportunity to tell somebody that not only this is possible, but you can very realistically do it. If you follow some simple steps, um, you know, like it's, we, we have accomplished so many more magnificent personal achievements than to save 10% of our paycheck a month. Like that's an that's easy cool. one. That's an easy one. Um, and, but when I, in the psychology side of it, though, I, I think it's important to note when I was a 19 year old Marine, I did not anticipate living to be 50 years old. Uh, I was flying every day, you know, helicopters crashed, people got shot, you know, things happened. You, I think Marines, young Marines are more at ease with, uh, or more in tune with, you know, maybe they're not here for the long time, but they're there for a good time. Right. 
that's not the mindset of a saver. Um, if I don't think I'm going to be here in 10 years, why the fuck do I care about putting a dollar away? I'm going to spend that on seeing a boob and a beer tonight. Uh, again, let's work with that. Um, cause you can do both. And then also like surprise, surprise. What if you end up to live to be a hundred, like, wouldn't it like, wouldn't it suck to do that and then not have 10 cents to rub together? <laughs> like, uh, Absolutely. so I think there's, yeah, there's a carrot on the stick aspect of saying, look, dude, if you focus, you could get out in four years with 50 grand and then make more money to go to, to get trained, to do whatever you want to do for the rest of your life. But again, in psychology, we look at uh, identifications and how we view ourselves. And I see um, a culture that says once a Marine, always a Marine. Like, and you see it people that 50 years after they get out of the military, they're still beating their chest talking about that time. I was a Marine like, yeah, man, that was five. That was four out of 40 years. And it's awesome. But there's such a bigger, not even half, like the majority of most Marines life is not spent in the Marine Corps. Uh, however, the skills that we learn in the Marine Corps tend to shadow the rest of our lives like it's a hard uh it's a kind of a hard mentality to bring yourself out of um i got a master's degree and i had a really hard time i applied to 200 jobs uh i got like four interviews one offer and zero jobs out of the ordeal um you know like i think i'm i would probably be difficult to work with in a conventional workspace you know i uh I'm very connected to the issues we're discussing here. And I don't know how anybody else could be interested in selling anything with this going on. Like, like you know, that's kind of where I was at with it. Like, what are we going to sell Coca-Cola or, or I shouldn't name real brands, but like we're going to sell soda or cars or shoes. Like, cool. Like, how do you care about that? Like when there's real issues, real people stress, like suffering, how can you disconnect yourself from the life of service you were so once connected to and set that all behind and just go, you know, get on the corporate, corporate rat race. Um, and I think that that's common. Um, a lot of vets turn to law enforcement and security and other gun toting professions. Uh, and again, awesome. We need folks to do that, but you're not damned to it. You have a lot of options. Anybody that's listening right now, you you know, whether from a Marine to a soldier to a high schooler, you know, any everybody has a huge something to offer that just hasn't been, um, you know, uh, extracted yet. Um, and, and I think that starts with a mentor telling you that you have a skill and that you should believe in yourself and that you should pursue it. I was super lucky as a Lance Corporal. <clears throat> my, my guy's name was Zach Bailey. He was a Lance Corporal crew chief too. And we flew together on the deployment and it was so awesome to have just a person that called me my, by my first name and tucked me into their wing and made sure I knew what not to do and what would benefit me if I did do. Um, and I think that it's the, you said you're on night crew now. Uh, I don't know in what field, but for us, the biggest problem, like when bad things happened, it was always because of the Passover. When day crew slaps hands with night crew and you've got to explain, you know, what maintenance you did, what maintenance you need to do, you know, what, what aircraft needs to be defueled for tomorrow, like, all of the, the stuff that you've got to communicate to the other side, like that's the big point of contention and bottleneck. And it's, it exists in the Marines themselves. You know, today, tomorrow morning, there's going to be a master sergeant that retires with a wealth of knowledge that he wasn't able to pass on to the PFC stepping on the yellow footprints tomorrow. Like if we could pipeline that knowledge more effectively i would love for somebody to, ex to explain to me how that wouldn't make the marine corps stronger <laughs> right <laughs> yeah definitely um i think i think a lot of that um 
lot of that lost advice and lost wisdom. It, it isn't the biggest impact, um, especially if someone's just going to end up, um, they, they make their own path and then they're gone with all that advice. Um, I think, I think a lot of the folks who need it so dearly are without it. And that's, that's one of the biggest motivators for being here and talking to you and talking to um, any future guest or anyone who has questions. I, I would highly encourage those discussions. Um, and again, I had talked to you as well. Um, a lot of the topics that we're hitting right now as just a conversation um, those are going to be like future episodes, future discussions, because it's super important to talk about things like um, in individual personal finance, um, global economics and how to navigate those kinds of things, car loans, home loans, uh, life insurance and death benefits for family members, um, anything as far as saving versus investing, um, yeah. renting versus purchase. Uh, passive income and uh, moving past the fear of things like working multiple jobs to make sure that you're set up for success or do, doing things that 18, 25 year olds aren't thinking about, but could help them massively by the time they're in, in a different point in their life where they need a different type of um a different type of money that they would have had had they not been um, drawn away by other things early on. You just listed such good topics and it really falls into not knowing what you don't know about. And it sucks to learn a day late and a dollar short. Um, and there's no cookie cutter solution that's going to work for everybody. Everybody's in a different situation we've all got a relatively similar goal that can you boil down to either paying off debt or trying to grow savings. Like all of us are in one of those boats. And I think that there's a way to um, use choice, choice architecture, uh, schedules of reinforcement and gamification to drastically improve financial literacy. And um, if I could plug, that's, uh, you know, freelancecorporal.com or freelcpl.com and freelcpl are all of our social handles. Um, in this upcoming, in 2022, we've got um, guest writers that are going to be writing articles. The first one's going to come out Monday on, uh, the, on TSP tips, like five things you should know about the TSP and building, uh, you know, uh, a bank of information of trusted vetted information um, that, that is able to work for the people that need the help. Um, and in, in terms of, uh, you know, topics for future podcasts, I've definitely got a couple people to connect you with. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I'm happy to come back. I, I love this talk. I, I think uh, I'm, I'm really appreciative uh, that you started this and that you're doing this. Oh yeah. It, it matters right. and it's going to help. It's going to help people. I, I know that. <laughs> and, and I think I encountered, um, at least your side of the house. I, I encountered you on, I can't remember if it was either DD214 memes or uh, Terminal Lance. Somewhere I had seen you plugged in on a conversation about finances. And I was like, this is, this is exactly what I need to get into because um, you and I, I think both fall into not only the target audience, but we've been exposed to some of the knowledge that'll help pay help help pay dividends in the future for people who are in our age group and in our situation you know uh, nobody's perfect and nobody has all the answers but i think this is a great first step Absolutely. um you you had mentioned your social media all of all of my accounts are under um no no uppercase no anything but spare underscore change underscore podcast is where all my stuff's going to be um eventually i'll get set up but it's been pretty hectic. Um, a lot of the skeleton is built out for the actual podcast uploads. And uh, I think this one's going to end up on YouTube. I just have to make an actual professional account and we'll get yeah, there. Yeah. Um, I'm happy to help with all that stuff. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, I'm, I, it, it's the same thing. Like there is a wealth of military veteran knowledge that I'd like to be able to pass on. Uh, but more so like I just went through a pretty difficult education and I just, I'm, I'm growing this business. I, you know, I'm a, a year and a half into it. 
I filed the LLC. I got a trademarked brand. I, I made the socials. Um, so anybody that's listening that checks out the website or sees anything that either of us are doing, I'll speak for you, Dawson. Like we're stoked to help out, to help you to do what we're doing and, and just help the next guy. That's, uh, no, again, I'm, I'm so glad. Uh, I don't, I don't know where you saw us either, but I'm awfully glad you did. I'm awfully glad you started. And, um, this, like you said, there's no, no one person is going to have all the answers. It's just going to take good quality communication between people with different perspectives until we're able to, for me, it feels like a hot potato. Like, how could you know what you know and not do something about it? Like, that would be unethical, as I understand it in my jar-headed mind. Uh, so, but no, I mean, like, I'm, so, I'm all about helping people, man. It's, it's one of the biggest things that motivates me, you know, about, and, and we discussed it earlier, just like all of the things that could be prevented as far as uh, that mental burden and those emotional aspects of not having your finances where they need to be, you know, I've lost um, my uncle and my dad lost three other close family members, all the financial burdens and suicide. And I've, I've seen it not, not to the same personal level, but um, it definitely hits close. And it's, 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 aspects of that that i'm trying to protect myself from and like i said nobody's perfect we all have our things so i would like to do my part um in the same way you're doing yours um not the destination it's the journey right and And, and i think lots of other cliches but no uh (laughs) but no you're uh if there's anything that you could do to prevent somebody else from going through what you had to go through like i that's what it feels like for me in a sense. But, um, I, well, again, I'm so, so appreciative that you started. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to talk again. And I know you got to get to work here pretty soon. Yeah. I'm, I'm about to go change into my, uh, my <laughs> other attire. Yeah. Well, um, I'll definitely continue to have conversations with yourself and a few other folks. Um, and I hope you have a good night. Uh, anybody listening, uh, continue to listen. And if you have advice, questions, things of that nature, just uh, I'll provide any social media or email accounts related to this episode in this podcast um, in whatever bio description ends up being uploaded to. All right. Thanks, Dawson. Later, man. You have a good night. You too.